Well, what a great passage for us to be looking at this morning as we think about using our spiritual gifts, building up the body. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying this uh, series, two-week two series, uh, on how we can build up the body of Christ, how we can discern what our part in that is. Uh, and today we're looking particularly at using uh, our gifts to build up the body. Um, so today's number two. I'm excited about this actually because uh, the ministry fairs on where you have heaps of opportunities to chat to people who are serving in ministry. But the other reason I'm excited is that uh, last time we did the National Church Life Survey, uh, which we've just done recently, we don't have the results of that one yet, but the time before when we did it, uh, one of the results that uh, surprised us a bit uh, was that 26% of people who were surveyed then said they wanted to be more involved. So if that's you today, uh, today's your big chance and we want to give you every opportunity uh, <clears throat> to see what that looks like as we look at the Bible uh, but also as we interact with people who are involved in various aspects of ministry after the service. Uh, when we talk about ministry, what do we mean? Uh, some people think, oh, this is like being somebody in the government, you know, you're in the cabinet or something. Um, <clears throat> But in our context, ministry is actually serving. It's serving God and serving one another uh, so that the body of Christ gets built up. I don't know what you understand about why you're here this morning. Why did you come to church today? You want to sing songs, you want to feel better about yourself, you want to get a good start to the week. Actually, what our passage today says is the reason we're here this morning is so that we can build one another up to be the people that God wants us to be, the body of Christ, to be ready for when he comes, to be presented to him uh, as his bride. That's an ongoing task, isn't it? So uh, we, three things we're going to look at today uh, under three headings, uh, check up, sober up and join up uh, it's, we're going to look at the why, the what and the how of building up the body of Christ and serving. So firstly, check up. This is one and two of our passage. Um, Paul leads into this idea of using uh, the gifts that God's given us uh, to build up the body by saying this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Um, so first up we see here that serving one another uh, is a response to something and that something is the mercy of God. And this addresses our motive. Why get involved in serving God and in building up the body of Christ? There's lots and lots of reasons why you could do that but the one Paul presents here is that it's a response to God's mercy to us. Paul has spent 11 chapters of this letter explaining the mercy of God. He's, he's explained that we're all sinners, that we deserve God's wrath, uh, that God has opened up a way uh, for us to be made right with him through Jesus, through his death on the cross, through Jesus taking on himself the wrath of God uh, in our place. Uh, by paying the price for our sins, he goes on to say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? It's so freeing. God doesn't condemn us anymore because of Jesus. And uh, that nothing, nothing 
can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus in chapter 8. Amazing words. So when he gets to chapter 12, when he gets on to looking at, well, what are the implications of this for how we live out our lives? He begins by saying, in view of the mercies of God. Notice he uses plural as well there because the mercies of God are many. We sin a lot. God forgives a lot. <laughs> There's heaps of other things that we can think of. Well, just What is mercy? When we talk about mercy, what, what do we mean? Uh, Napoleon was one of the great military commanders and he was very, very successful. And one of the reasons he was successful was because his army was very, very disciplined. In fact, if you were a soldier in his army, uh, there were two choices, obedience or death. And if you disobeyed Napoleon, that's it, finished. And uh, one day a soldier was disobeyed Napoleon and he was condemned to death. This guy's mother intervened and fell at Napoleon's feet and said, please have mercy on him. Napoleon responded, he said, he doesn't deserve it. He's disobeyed me. And the mum said, I didn't ask you to give him what he deserved. I asked you to have mercy on him. Give him what he doesn't deserve. And friends, that's what's happened in the gospel lesson, isn't it? God not only doesn't give us what we deserve, death, condemnation, but he gives us the opposite, what we don't deserve. Uh, He gives us his love instead of his wrath. And so this is the the amazing thing that Paul is saying that we need to respond to, that we need to respond to God's mercy towards us. That's the motive for building up his body. It's like, you know, you were drowning in the surf and the lifesavers pull you out. And uh, if the lifesaver says, look, just next time, please swim between the flags, I think we'd do that, wouldn't we? (laughs) Because that guy saved us. And Jesus rescued us and he says, please build up my body. Please love one another. Please help one another to be my people. So that's responding to God's mercy. Another one of God's mercies, by the way, in this passage is that uh, we have been gifted for ministry, to build up the body. Uh, That's what he says in verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace uh, given to us. So by the grace and the mercy of God that we are gifted, every one of us, if you're a Christian, and enabled to build up the body of Christ. Paul, that's the way Paul saw his own ministry, by the way. Uh, four times over, he, d- he uses this word to describe the ministry that he has. Here's an example in 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. So he says his ministry is a result of the mercy of God. So we're in God's family by God's mercy, if you're in God's family, and you are gifted to build up that family by God's mercy as well. So the three things that Paul now outlines that flow from that. Firstly, uh, that we offer ourselves as living sacrifices in verse, the second half of verse 1. Present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's what worship is, giving everything to God. It's not primarily about singing songs on Sunday morning. Uh, It's not primarily about 
having your quiet time every day. It is those things. But the core of worship is giving everything to God, giving up your body as a living sacrifice. So your mums, when you're changing the baby's nappy, you're worshipping God. Dads, when you're out working or doing whatever you do, when you're looking after your kids, that's part of your worship to God if it's, if it's a sacrifice for him, if you're sacrificing so that he can be glorified. So offering ourselves as living sacrifices. Secondly, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Uh, so this is a twofold thing, offering ourselves to God and resisting the moulding of the world. The world says, serve yourself, doesn't it? Advance your career, do whatever you've got to do to get ahead, to get more houses, more money, whatever. And God says, no, serve me. Serve my people, serve my body. So don't go the world's way. Go God's way. Thirdly, work on being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Becoming like Jesus does not happen in a vacuum, does it? My experience over the last 50-something years is it is quite hard work. And of course, our behaviour results from our thinking. And Paul knows this, and so does God. He says, renew your mind. Get the right mindset. Now, how do we do that? He doesn't explain that here, but it's from other parts of Scripture, we know that it happens as we study God's word and we adopt the mind of Christ. And we understand what God's plan is for our life and we put it into practice. So dig into the Bible, dig into good Christian books, uh, talk with others who you see serving God and serving the body well. Ministry Fair today, we've got the opportunity to do that, chat with people who are leading ministries here. So these three things, offering ourselves as living sacrifices, resisting the moulding of the world and working on being transformed, these three things will help us, Paul says, to understand what God's will is, God's good and pleasing and perfect will. That's how we know God's will, as we give ourselves up for him, as we resist the moulding of the world, as we work on being transformed by the renewing of our minds, then we understand and we can put into practice what God's good plan and perfect plan is. Not just for me individually and you individually, but for us together. That is, together we build up the body, we understand more and more of God's plan. So that's the first one. Check up. Check up your motive. Uh, Why do you want to serve God? Paul says... It needs to be in response to God's mercy. A couple of weeks ago we were looking at the story of that woman who anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her tears. And Jesus says, the one who's been forgiven much loves much. And so the way into this is for us to understand how much we've been forgiven uh, so that we can love Jesus much and his people. So check up. Secondly, sober up in verse 3. For that by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. He says, think about it. Think about yourself, but not too highly. (laughs) Uh, With sober judgment. Now I think uh, at a personal level, 
we probably go to one of two extremes with this. We either think of ourselves too highly and think we can do anything and everything, and or we think of ourselves too lowly. We think, well, I can't do anything. God hasn't gifted me for anything. So what Paul's saying here is, so the judgment, you know. Think about this and, and think it through carefully. Now, how do we do that? I'm stealing something here from Rick Warren about discovering your ministry shape. And I will go through this quickly. Uh, it's an acronym, of course. The S is for spiritual gifting. What gifts of grace has God given you? Like the things he goes on to list here, it's the prophecy, which is speaking God's word into situations. Uh, service, helping others, uh, and helping God's work to progress. Teaching, exhorting, encouraging others uh, to become more like Jesus. Leading, your family, your life group, church, uh, maybe in your workplace as well. Doing acts of mercy. So these are the gifts that he lists here. There are other lists, of course, in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians, as uh, Sandy was explaining last week. Let me encourage you, there's a good way in to start looking at, if you haven't done this yet, is do the spiritual gifts inventory uh, in the two-part series, Bible studies, that are on our website. Uh, if you haven't done it already, go in there and there's a whole pile of questions that you can answer and it will help you to understand what God has gifted you to do. Uh, so please go and do that. It's on the website under the resources page. Uh, secondly, our heart's desire, that's the H. Uh, Paul in Romans 10 said uh, he, that his heart's desire uh, was that his fellow Jews might be saved. Now he committed his life to that, even though he actually was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles, but he had a passion to reach his own people. So here's another question to ask yourself, what has God put on my heart? Uh, do you have a burning desire to help people who are struggling with homelessness? Uh, do you have a burning desire uh, to help people who don't know the Bible very well? Uh, do you have a burning desire to answer people's questions who are struggling with the big questions of life? Uh, do you have a burning desire to help people who don't have the Bible in their own language? Has God put things like that in your heart? That will help you in working out your ministry shape as you soberly assess yourself. What abilities has God given you? What natural abilities do you have? Uh, some of you have very sharp minds, much sharper than mine. You can put things really clearly and logically. Now ask yourself, how can God use that to build up the body of Christ? Uh, some people have the ability to get resources together. You know, we do it at a personal level, don't we? Um, but how can we use that for God's glory? How can we use that to build up the body of Christ? I'm actually so thankful a lot of you really have that gift and think about it and, and really resource our ministry well and our global partners is so encouraging. And let's keep doing it if God's given you that gift. Do you have the ability to to sing or to cook or to play music or fix things. You know, God can use all of that. There's always stuff needs fixing around church. We always need people to lead singing. We always need people to cook food. Cross-culture love eating. And, we, you know, all these things, are, they're all part of building up the body of Christ. They're not insignificant. 
Now this again will guide you in what ministry to serve in. What sort of a personality has God given you? Are you an extreme introvert who you know, loves to come into church and sit way up there somewhere? I'm not pointing at anyone. Um, <laughs> or do you just want to be here and you want to talk to everybody, the whole three or four hundred of us? Um, you know, that, that's significant. Uh, you know, if, if, if you've got an outgoing personality, if you're an extrovert, you know, the welcoming team's a great place for you to serve. Uh, if you're an introvert, there are other areas of ministry where you can hide in a corner and do the AV or whatever. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. Both are valuable in building up the body of Christ. Experiences. What experiences has God given you? Good experiences? You might have had great experiences in leading other people. You might be the CEO of a corporation or something. Ask yourself, how can God use that in, to build up his people? You might have had some really, really painful experiences. God never wastes anything. If you're sitting here this morning in deep pain, God is going to use that. That may not be very helpful to you as you struggle with that. But I tell you what, it will be helpful to other people that you can get alongside and comfort and help. You may have been brought out of addiction by God. I can guarantee you that if you make yourself available to God to help other people get out of addiction, they will love you, they will respect you and they will listen to you more than they'll listen to me. Friends, God does not waste a thing. So check out what experiences God has given you and how you can use that to build the body. So you can assess all these things and ask other people as well. Uh, in your life group, around you, people in your family who know you well, even if they're not Christians. Ask them, what do you reckon I'm good at? Uh, what do you reckon I'm not so good at? <laughs> so you'll know things to avoid. People who know you really well, and, and if you trust them, they will, they will let you know. Uh, so let's do that. There's another thing here too that, uh, that we need to take into account. Uh, sometimes there's a desperate need for something that we don't feel gifted at. Um, and I think we need to take that into account as well. Uh, that sometimes there's a need for something to be done. Well, here's a simple example. Someone has a heart attack next to you. You can't just stand there and say, well, look, I'm not really gifted at CPR and, and I'm not very good at calling triple zero. Um, there are other people who've got that gift. Um, <laughs> yeah, do it, don't you? <laughs> and, and, you know, this is another thing we have to take into account. A friend of mine who's a high-flying academic and uh, he, he said that there was a guy knocking on his door who was struggling with alcoholism. He said, I don't think I'm very gifted at helping alcoholics. But the Lord's brought him and he's knocked on my door and he keeps knocking on my door. So I'm making myself available to help him and I'm learning how to help, help him. So there are, there are things like that where a need arises and we're the nearest person uh, and, and, and we're somebody who can help to some extent. So we need to take that into account as well. Friends, in working this out, I want to say again, let's talk to other people around you. Uh, and also let's be proactive as well. If we see somebody doing something well, say to them, hey, you're really good at that. Somebody said that to me, I think now it's 50 years ago, when I was a young university student. 
and it actually changed my life. I said, okay, here's a direction I can take. And I think, especially those of us who are more mature, but all of us can do it. You say to people, hey, you did a great job of that uh, in church today or, or I, I saw you talking to that person, that newcomer, and yeah, that's just so good. You ought to keep trying that. Um, if you're not sure what you're gifted for, try something. Uh, as the Nike says, just do it. Right, very quickly to finish, so check up, sober up. Thirdly, join up. Uh, as Nike says, just do it. Uh, go and try something. Uh, get involved. Make a difference. Uh, whatever your gift is for service, do it. Uh, that's what basically what Paul says in verses 4 uh, through to 8. Do it. Um, if your gift is teaching, teach, leading, lead, serving, serve, and so on. And if you're not sure, try it out. Uh, go to crossculture.net.au and click on the Get Involved tab. If you're watching online and you can't get to the ministry fair today, check that out. It'll, it'll show you the different ministries that we have and you can click on the Get Involved button and it'll show you a way to do that. Now, how do we do it, right? Paul says here, do it generously, zealously and cheerfully. So the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So these are really good pointers to how we conduct our ministry. Now, serving is about giving. It's about giving our energy, our time, our love, our care, our money, the use of our home, our car, whatever. And Paul says do it generously, uh, do it zealously and do it cheerfully. With love over all. In verses 9 and 10 he says, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Don't, please don't be a miserable server. <laughs> uh, it negates all that we do. And I'll give you an example from my own life. Uh, at the end of our first three years of serving in, in a remote desert village in Pakistan, we were desperate for a break and it had been really, really tough and there had been opposition in the village <laughs> between different people and, but also against us and, and, and the gospel. And I was really frustrated. And in the middle of that, one of my friends, who's a dear guy, uh, came to me and he said, I know you're going to Australia. I, I would love to send something with you that you can give to your families. And, but I couldn't think of anything that we have here that wouldn't be available in Australia. And to my shame, I said, we don't have people like this in Australia, um, which actually was a lie <laughs> because I was like one of them. And, but I immediately felt really ashamed. I, I, I brought shame on the name of Jesus and I set our work back uh, by just making that stupid comment out of my frustration. Friends, if we're going to serve, let's serve cheerfully, generously. Uh, look, here, here were we. I was in that village representing the most generous person on the planet and I was being so ungenerous. And here was somebody coming along wanting to be generous to me and I'm, I said something that was just so ungenerous and so unloving. Uh, so let's do the opposite. Let's serve generously. Let's serve lovingly and, and, and cheerfully. I just love watching jazz band because they love working with each other, don't they? They love 
sort of honouring one another, like Paul says here, you know, somebody does a drum solo, and hey, they were all... <laughs> it's just fantastic to watch them work together and enjoy what they're doing. And if the church works like that, it's a fantastic thing to be part of and to watch. It's really interesting watching these guys who are doing our physical building upstairs. I go in and have a look every now and then. And they are so proud. Will, the guy in charge, if you met him, he's so proud of what's happening. Oh, look at this, you know, we've done this, we've done that. I was there one day and, and there was a guy there who was, I forget what he was doing, he was cutting into the, into the wall of the chapel and he's making dust everywhere. And Will ran over to him and said, stop, don't use that. Use something else that doesn't create so much dust. And I thought, yeah, this guy really loves this job. And he doesn't want anyone to muck it up. And neither should we in the church. You know, if, if either any of us are doing something that hinders the growth of the body of Christ, uh, we need to help one another to stop doing it and encourage one another uh, to serve cheerfully and generously and lovingly. So, to finish up on let's check up on our motives, uh, serve in the ministry for the right reason, responding to God's mercy. Uh, let's sober up, assess ourselves soberly and see what ministry God's shaped us for. But most of all, let's join up. Let's cheerfully and generously and zealously do it. And God will use all of us together to build up his body, the church. So check out the different ministries today uh, and See where you can be involved. Now, I know some of you are over-involved already, so we're not sending you on a guilt trip, uh, but <laughs> spend the time uh, today encouraging others uh, uh, and help, helping to encourage others to get involved. Uh, finally, Peter, when he talks about serving God with our gifts, he reminds us that this is all about the glory of God. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. There's that word again. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's... Uh, Take time to respond to God in the quietness of our hearts, our gracious King and Lord of the Church, the one who by his own blood has brought us into the family of God. Uh, Lord, we come before you to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Uh, Lord, help us not to be conformed to this world. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and thus be able to discern and test what is your good and pleasing and perfect plan for us as individuals, but more importantly for preparing the body of Christ for that day when you return and we will be joined with you forever uh, to glorify you forever. Lord, help us to anticipate that day by glorifying you as we use our gifts to build up your body. And we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen.